Oh. Huh? <laughs> live. Oh, we're back. Here we go, baby. Oh, he's ready. I was looking at Tony. I was like, yeah, man, he's trying to get going. You know, his foot's tapping. His foot's tapping. He wants to go pit bull on us. <laughs> bring it, baby. Here go we for, come, baby. Here we come. One, two, three. Let's go. Go, Tony. Bring it. Just bring it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, welcome back. Good morning, America. Welcome back to Let's Talk Life and Business, America's podcast, the best podcast on earth. We have Let's another go. special episode here with another special guest, Mr. Peter Hartwig. Peter, Peter. Good morning, America. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> That we do not own the rights to that phrase. No, no, not at all. Not at all. That is <laughs> no. not an original phrase. For protection of this podcast. Oh, this is going to be so good, man. This is going to be a great, great yes, episode here. Is. I'm excited. It's going to be fun, baby. I'm ready to rock. We got so much energy coming in here right now. We got so many things happening. Some of the minute you guys pulled up. And uh, we are here in the Hartwig Estates overlooking yes. beautiful San Antonio and beautiful Bernie area. Man, I got to be honest. This spread here. Fire! Uh, this is our first outdoor podcast. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Peter, way to set it up, bro. Just you know, I am an Eagle Scout. Oh, that's right. Oh man, man. I do love the outdoors. That's why you said I could pee in the woods. <laughs> I was safe. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't pee on the frogs. That's right. Be nice to the wildlife. Well, For sure, man. I was peeing. I was peeing everywhere like a fire extinguisher. I was just, <laughs> I was trying to hit everything oh, I could. Goodness. I wanted to try to touch every tree. Well, at least we know you're pee. hydrated. Yeah. <laughs> Every tree with a little pee said me. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. Well, this guy uh, we have today, Mr. Peter Harwig, such an incredible guy. I've uh, known Peter for about mm, going towards four years now. Yeah, coming Jeez, up man. Years. It's been that long, Peter, huh? It has. It has. Yeah, Gosh, absolutely. man. And they're such both barely eight. Yes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you got some kids here. Nothing like a good baby face. <laughs> right? Nothing like a good baby. Right, right. <laughs> So, uh, Peter comes from the same field that we come from, uh, all in the manufacturing housing industry. Uh, this um, man here to my right, Mr. Peter Harwood, just an incredible inspirational leader, man. If you know what, well, that's the easiest, <laughs> straight to the point intro I can give this uh, young man. Came yeah. a long way, man. Just even you know me being uh, alongside with him, that just seeing mm-hmm. the things that he's he's doing on his side of uh, of the of the fence, as we should say here. But Peter, we always start off every podcast, man. You know, we love sharing stories. We love sharing uh, you know great things that people have done over the, the you know the years of their lifespan. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll let you do just an intro. Tell us a little bit about where you're from, where you came from. How was your upbringing? Yeah. How'd you grow up, man? Tell us about, tell us the real stories here, Peter. What's going the on, real man? stories. Well, <laughs> I appreciate that, Brian. I want to say thanks uh, to you for having me on. I mean, this is, uh, this is incredible, and I, I feel honored to be on y'all's podcast. I think this is great what you guys are doing, and uh, I feel honored. I really do. So thank you guys. You guys do an awesome deal. Put on a great show, and uh, appreciate you. I think you're yeah. reaching out to a lot of young individuals who need some help. So congratulations, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, where I come from, I come from a small town with a big university called College Station, Texas. Some oh, of you yeah. may have heard of it. Texas A&M. Yep, oh, yes. yep, yep. Yeah, uh, yeah I hail from Brazos County, and, uh, you know, I grew up out there with, you know, middle-class family. Uh, my father was a professor at A&M, so, uh, you know, it was, wasn't like we were of well, a lot of means or anything like that. Yeah. My dad was a teacher. My mom was a preschool teacher, so I feel very, very blessed. It took me well over 18 years to figure that out. Um, I was a little bit of a, uh, let's just say, rambunctious young child, so <laughs> loud, obnoxious, flagrantly disrespectful, Nothing and like thought, I, thought I ran the world. So it took me a, a, a hard-pressed year. Alf, after my uh, upbringing in high school, 
to go and learn that I didn't know what the world really was about. So some of my best stories, Brian, come from really that year I took off, year and a half I took off. I, uh, I sold my Ford Bronco to a friend for 2800 bucks <laughs> when I graduated high school. We just had a big old uh, graduation party with a bunch of my buddies. It was a fantastic time. And my friends were all going to Blinn and, um, you know, Texas State and UT and A&M. I mean, they, they were doing things with their lives. And I had gotten a job online as a dishwasher in Yellowstone <laughs> National Park. And I had no, this is real, and I had no vehicle. Okay? So I bought a Greyhound bus ticket. Um, and I told my mom, I'm moving to Yellowstone. And she was like, to be a dishwasher. Freaking crazy. I said, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. They assign you a job when you get there. I'm going to be in the kitchen. And I took a Greyhound bus. I actually had a friend of mine got me to Denver. And then from Denver, I took a Greyhound bus up to Montana. It's 12 hours as you drive in a car. But as you ride in a Greyhound bus, it's 37 hours. They don't tell you that because they stop at every town in between. Um, So that's probably one of of the pivotal points in my life was moving up to Yellowstone National Park. I met some crazy people. I journaled it all. I still have my journals. I met met the craziest people on the bus. Uh, and I'll, I'll be brief with this because I could go on and on about this story, but I got to Yellowstone at 5 a.m. The bus drops me and one other person off, and we're at a, a truck stop in uh, some city south of Yellowstone, I know in how the this middle story of goes. nowhere in, Ma- oh. in, in Wyoming. Just, I mean, BFE, man. Jeez. And it's dark, and we're sitting on a bench, and this other dude's just burning cigarettes, man, one after the other. <laughs> He's a seasonal guy. He goes here every year. Not much to say. And people start showing up and everything. And my first friend I met, because, you know, one thing about life is it's, uh, it's all about the people that you meet and the people that influence you. And the yeah, first yeah, person absolutely. I met in Yellowstone uh, was a girl named Suzanne Griffiths. I'll never forget Suzanne. I still talk to her occasionally. But she's waddling down the middle of this two-lane street. She's a heavier set gal. And I mean heavier set. I mean, like, big. And she's waddling <laughs> down these two full-size suitcases. I mean, just blah, 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 blah. And drops one of them, and she picks it up, throws her big red hair over her head. Uh, and I got up and ran out there and uh, picked up the suitcase yeah, and introduced yeah. myself and said, hey, I'm Peter. I, I don't know where I'm at, and I don't know what I'm doing, but uh, let me help you out. It looks like those suitcases are heavy. And we waited another three or four hours and then got on the bus and headed into Yellowstone. But that was my that was my the kickoff of my let's leave the little town that you grew yes. up in, the insulated Texas A&M town that you grow up in because you know all about the world. Um, and then I started <laughs> meeting all kinds of people from the National Park System. I worked there for a while. Uh, until they fire everybody in the summer in September when they shut the park down. And then I had acquired a uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers ticket concert, uh, a ticket to the concert in um, this was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> in San Jose area, Oakland, yep. California. So I, I literally uh, got a ride and headed to Oakland, California, uh, where I then decided I'd stay in California for a year and a half and work in the snowboard ski scene and that's kind of where I picked up a little bit more of the people aspect of life where you really got to build relationships. And mm-hmm. I met a lot of people who came up to Mammoth and, and uh, you know, had to rent skis and fit boots from L.A. So these were a little bit more highbrow people. And I learned mm-hmm. how to handle the, the, the fisherman that's coming out of the woods who's buying fly fishing gear and then the uh, plastic surgeon that's coming in from L.A. And, and I was getting yep. these people in and, you know, sit, setting them up and outfitting them and stuff like that. And eventually was working three jobs. I worked a server job at a restaurant, worked for the mountain so I could ski for free, and then worked as a boot fitter at an outdoor store. Jeez. And um, lived in, you know, I lived with all these snowboard bums, which suck. Don't ever be a snowboard bum. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, they're, just, they're just a leech on society. Anyway, I love snowboard bums, and it was awesome. But, you know, they don't pay rent. They don't work, and they just want to be on the mountain all day, baby. Yep. It, was a, it was a lot of fun, but uh, not when I was the guy lugging the rent and doing all this other stuff. So eventually I 
canceled our lease, moved out into the woods, fell in love with rock climbing and mountain biking and uh, worked my jobs and saved all my money and decided about a year and a half in, I wanted to uh, get a job that paid better. So yeah. I called my dad. I said, I want to go to college. My dad. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, you want to go to college? I said, I did. Yeah, dad, I want to get a good job. How were you by then, Peter? Uh, probably 20. 20. Early, yeah, yeah I, was, I just turned 20. It was the end of my second summer out on my, on my, uh walkabout if you tour tour de america tour de america and uh he said i'll tell you what man you go to college you pay for a semester and make all a's i'll pick up the tab you make a's and b's you pay for a year and then i'll help you out with tuition so i tried to go to california too expensive then i lugged it back to texas and uh, ended up going to blend and getting into a&m and fell in love with parks and rec and got into mountain bike racing and and uh then i went and did colorado mountain bike racing and worked in the cycling industry for a long time as a uh as a shipping agent and a bicycle builder and inspector. And, uh, I sold, uh, service, a service rider. I sold parts for mountain bike repairs. And then eventually my girlfriend at the time, now wife, Elizabeth, uh, mother of two beautiful children, uh, just, she stuck with me this whole time. I don't, I mean, dude, it's a miracle. That's a keeper. If you she, she made that, I'm mark. telling you, dude, find a good woman. If you want to do something yes. amazing in life, you need to find a good woman. Oof. Um, she, Strong. she wanted to come back to Texas and I wanted to make more money. So I've said to my boss, hey, I need a raise. I was making fifteen fifty an hour. He said, you know, you've done Baller. a fantastic job. Uh, you are one of our valued employees. We're going to offer you a 75-cent raise for the year. That's mm-hmm. how you got the spread here, right? And I quit. Yeah, that was it. That was, the, that was it right there. I got that raise, and life just took off. No, I quit my job. I came home. I told Lizzie I quit, and I want to go back to Texas. And um, I came back to Texas, got referred to a mentor and fellow a guy in the affordable housing industry, and that's kind of history, man. Five and a half years ago, I met Philip. I walked in, and and uh, he said, "I'll give you a shot. You're not my cup of tea, and you're, <laughs> you're a square peg in a round hole. But if you listen <laughs> and do as I say, you just might make a sale one day." And uh, that was five and a half years ago. I did what he told me. I learned how to work hard. I learned a lot more about uh, mentorship and uh, personal development, and just yep. discipline, 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 and then obviously the people aspect. Um, and that's how I, uh, that's how I ended up where I'm at. I mean, a lot of people supported me, man. Great people in life stand on the shoulders of yes. giants. I'll tell you one thing, man, if that's anybody huge. has done a lot in their life, it's not because they did it all themselves. It's because they met the right people. They were given opportunities, little doors opened up for them throughout their life. And, uh, uh their, their path is definitely riddled with failure and a little bit of sorrow and a little bit of, um, thinking, that's for sure. Yeah, Thank that's you. where I'm at. That's a little introduction to me, buddy. Sorry Huge. if I rambled there, but I <laughs> no, that's I, fire. I, I do love that time in my life, man. I, I do love it. No, we appreciate it, man. That's you know, mm-hmm. you mentioned in the beginning, you know, that we're doing a great thing for this young individuals, and obviously you've done a lot, uh, just you know, growing up and your stories you came with. Can you just you know, right off the bat, give a good advice to people in their early twenties, you know, what, what would, cause obviously, you know, you got into the business of, you know, customer service and helping people here and there and, you know, small, small jobs here and there. What advice would you give people in their, you know, as soon as they graduate high school or like in their early twenties from 25 to 20, what advice would you give those type of individuals, Peter? Man, Brian, that's a great question. Um, the advice that I'd give people is, Make everybody feel great. You know, when you meet somebody, you have the opportunity to affect their feelings. You know, yes. whether they whether they make a difference and the heightened feeling is there or not, you know, you've got you've got an opportunity to give that person either a smile, a frown, or nothing. Maybe it's numb. Maybe there's no feeling at all. Um, nobody understands the responsibility that they have every time they talk to somebody. And me and a buddy of mine 
uh, back in high school, came up with a mantra. And I have this hung on my wall at home. I have it hanging uh, over my computer at work to remind myself of this. It's do good, be good, feel good, see good. And it seems a little funny. But to be honest, if you do good in your life, uh, you tend to be good in the eyes of others. If you be good in the eyes of others, you tend to feel good about what you're doing, and that affects your reputation. Uh, And if you feel good about what you're doing, chances are, from your perspective, you're seeing better and good in the world. So I have a little mantra that I think people could learn a little bit from. It's kind of funny, but it rings true, man. Do good, be good, feel good, and see good, and it will affect those in your life positively. Because one thing is for sure— People want to be around people that make them feel good. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you compliment somebody, if you give them a smile, uh, if, you, if you say something to somebody in a, in a normal social environment of passing that you normally wouldn't, um, they're going to look up and they're going to respond. You know, everybody has this immediate negative connotation that others don't want to interact with you. But if you just reach up and say, hey, man, that's a nice car. Man, I did it yeah. today. I was at the freaking Home Depot, man, buying some stuff. And I'm, you know, loading this toilet in the back of my truck. You know, I'm struggling or whatever. This guy pulls up in this Porsche 911, right? I'm not kidding you. He's got his music going. He pulls up and he parks in that Porsche. And I turn over and go, damn, that's a nice Porsche, man. And I just locked into about a five-minute conversation with this guy, man. He he comes up and he goes, you know, man, you know, I've been married four times, man. I've been married four (laughs) times. And I've been waiting my whole life to get one of these cars. And I tell you, brother, all of the women left me. But this car has been nothing but good to me since I got it. I should have got it years ago. It's a convertible. And he started going on and on. I'm standing there. My wife's looking in the back. She's looking in the the rearview mirror. What the hell is going on? And I'm talking to this guy. Classic Porsche driver, too. Black or black effect, uh, what's it called? Uh, affil- what's the deal? The fighters yeah, yeah. affiliation yeah, 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 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know, he's affliction got the fri- is, yeah. affliction. He's got the Roley on. He's got the freaking Ray-Bans. <laughs> but uh, open your mouth. Talk to other yes. people. Yes. Because they want to talk back to you. Right, right. From uh, everything that I'm gathering from what you're saying too is especially this started when you were in that bus and you know you're writing a journey or talking to people. It all has to do with the relationships that you're building and having that conversation with people. And that's where I think uh, you could chime in on this, but I think that's where a lot of the youth this day or these days are failing is they're too busy looking down at their screens and they're not looking up and opening their mouth, just having a conversation, talking wow. to somebody, reaching out to somebody because that could be the change that they needed to guide them in the right direction. If you hadn't opened your mouth at one point in any of that, it wouldn't have led you to where you're at today, which is yeah. where we're at today. But I mean, that's so that's, true, man. That's so true. And it's a, it's a mixed bag. What you just brought up is a very mixed bag because technology is going to, it's going to take off without you. And if you're not on the boat, uh, you're going to be left on the dock. It's that simple. So you do have to engage. You do have to learn. You do have to adapt and adopt a lot of these things, right? Right. You have to. Um, But that shouldn't negate the fact that interpersonal communication is what develops human relationships. Um, You know, we get caught up in these likes or we get caught up in comments or caught up in things like that on our social media, and they actually make us feel good. There's tons of research behind a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm about the endorphins that are released. If you're releasing all these endorphins and you're getting all of your endorphins and all of your dopamine from social media and likes and little things like that, uh, you don't have any left when you come home to your family. Right. You've, you know, your body is going to release so much of it. And uh, when you get home, you don't really have as much left to give or you feel satisfied enough that you're not going to reach out to others in, uh, in the store or in whatever. And I'll tell you right now, the, in, the interaction that you get with a person face-to-face I don't care what you did on social media. I don't care how many likes you got. The interaction you get with somebody face-to-face is going to enrich your life so much more. Strong. That's so strong. Yeah. That is so powerful, Peter. Wow. 
you're spinning nothing but knowledge here, man. And we love what you have to say and that insight. So, so from what I'm hearing from you, um, you know, transfer of emotions and in direct contact one another is something that changed the game for you. Um, at which point were you saying? In, in, in when did it click for you? When when do you had the moment where you know what interaction communication one to another? Um, when 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 do you realize that that was a game changer for you? That's a great question, Anthony. Um, it, and to answer it honestly, it still hasn't clicked. I'm still learning every day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but you can see it on people, man. Uh, yeah. You can see it on people. Uh, when you give somebody a compliment or when you reach out or give them a smile or when you have a, a somebody reach back out to you who needs you, it, it gives you a sense of fulfillment that some of that other stuff that's just a little bit less deep, it just doesn't give you that. To be honest, man, you, you just you want to build your foundation wide and tall. You don't want to build your foundation tall and then have a very very Narrow. small foundation right. that get think of like a building, right? You want to build a wide foundation of experiences, people in your life, connections. Yes. We learned from a guy a couple of years back, we went and did a little think tank. Um, and he talked about having a, a life team. Uh, I think yes. it's Tony Jerry talked about it. And it was Tony a life Jerry. team. And, uh, you know, having a life team is pretty important. Think about who your, who your starters are on your life team, right? Well, the thing about life is there's no maximum amount of starters on your life team, right? right. You want to have your best friend, your spouse, your partner and family. You want to have your parents. You want to have your car guy, your auto mechanic. Let's just think of basic stuff. You want to have your insurance guy. You want to have yes. your financial advisor. You want to have your fitness trainer. You want to have your, you want to have your gas station attendant. I mean, right. You want to have your lawyer. You want to have your doctor. I mean, think about life. You got all these people, man. How big is your book of business for deep relationships where you have a team of people willing to go to bat for you that you learn from and lean on? And that starts with relationships. Yeah. I mean, it really does. You've got yeah. to build those relationships and you're not going to build them if you're not reaching out to these people and developing these great relationships and learning from them. That's for sure. Wow. Right. That's what everybody talks about, dude, networks and connections and, and, and just reaching out to people. That right there is what can he help you and lead you when things happen. You know what I mean? You, you said earlier, you're going to stand on the shoulders of giants, and that's what's going to help you get to where you need to go. And it all comes down to relationships and connecting. And just It's just it's what I've done back when I was, in, when I was, when I was 20. You know, I started off, I was in the Amway industry. I was doing door, uh, you know, distribution and marketing through, through Amway. And one thing that they taught that I still hold to this day was going out there and connecting. So I still do it to this day. I'll go out to H-E-B. I'll go to the grocery store and just shake hands, say hello, talk about the bread, talk about this. Yeah. Just open up a conversation with somebody. I was at the gym today, and there was a young lady, and I could just see, it's just this, she had just had this face on her, you know, just just this face. And so I just looked, and I just smiled, and it, it just glowed. It just, her face just glew up. They that. just light like, up, man. Yeah, it just light up, and, and it was just exciting to see that. But that if anybody out there doesn't believe that this works, that doesn't believe that just reaching out to somebody, just that it can impact a life, Smile at somebody. Yeah. See what they do. See, it's free. See that? Yes, it's free. It's it's a way to impact someone's life. And you say, you know, maybe you're saying like, I got so much crap in my life. I got so much shit happening. I got all this, all this stuff, all this negativity. Well, the best way to take care of that is to help. If you help somebody else smile, it guarantees it's going to reflect back to you. It's going to help you smile. Yeah. You'll sure. feel better about yourself. Everybody has the ability to give one thing, and that's a handshake. That's a smile. That's a that's to impact someone else's life. And that'll make you immediately feel better. Those are those endorphins you're talking about. Yeah, it's, dude, for sure. It's, it's a it's a for huge sure. piece of it. And and this seems so um, to you guys and, and and to us that we're following this podcast. This seems like a lot of common sense. Why why do not, you yeah. think why do you think most people can't grasp that idea? Why is it that people are falling short and just reaching out and making contact? You know, we talked about this in, in, in several times. Is that one person can change your life, one interaction, like he did for yes. me when I met you, when I met Brian. 
Uh, you guys changed my life. And, and why do you think people fall short on that? What, what's holding them back? There's an epidemic of judgment yeah. and perception because of comparison out there right now. Yeah. You know, a lot of people... Ooh, we got an airplane going. We got by. an airplane. We got an airplane going by, baby. Peter's got a personal airport here, by the way. But I don't have a plane. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yet. It makes it <laughs> you don't have Yet. a plane. Well, if you did, right. Brian Yet, would baby. show up next week with a bigger high. one. <laughs> but I did. But I did sign up. But I did sign up to get my pilot's license. So hey, man, step, that's baby. the way to I've got eighty-one hours in the Cessna, so we got to go up there together. The the back your back your question though, Anthony. That there is a pandemic of judgment and perception and comparison. And I think the reason people hesitate to reach out is because you immediately lift your eyes from whatever you're doing in your life uh, and you judge others. And if you don't believe me, Nick, you said you're at the gym earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like to Doesn't work look out like too. It, but I do. No, no, no. <laughs> you look good, man. Um, you know, when you're at the gym, guys, just imagine it. your immediate reaction when you see somebody either over there maxing out on the bench or mm-hmm. over there doing some curls with some 75-pound weights or, you know, they're just laying into, like, four freaking plates on either side on the squat rack. Yeah, you're yeah. just immediately, you, make, you grimace, and you're like, uh, you know, you're like. What a douchebag. Yeah, and, and, you know, honestly, you should be like, hey, man. Excuse me. Clap, hey, brother, what are you doing to get so strong, right? Exactly. You can reach out to that guy. Uh, but we do it in the street. We do it at the mall. We do it uh, at a restaurant. When you see somebody at a restaurant, I mean, there's an epidemic of, of immediate judgment and comparison that goes on, which puts a wall up between your desire to reach out and communicate with others. Um, I don't know why it is that way. I think human nature is to compare. We just unfortunately do it. But you have to build a muscle that allows you to not compare, but rather appreciate others and be grateful for their success. And when you share in others' success, uh, what you do is you, you actually adopt a little bit of their energy. You know, if you, if, you know, Brian pulls up in his new whip, and immediately we're all like, dang. I mean, <laughs> yeah. a couple of us have some nice cars around here, but, what, you know, there's like, dang, man. He, Golly, he's got that. You know, immediately he's, I kind of feel bad about my car, man. You no, know what I'm saying? But, it's, yeah, but, that, but, I, but then I got to go, Brian, congratulations yeah, on this absolutely. vet, dude. This yeah. thing is amazing. It's immaculate. It's beautiful. I want one. I'm proud of you. Sweet. You know what I mean? You got to yeah, yeah, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's forced. But I think that's because a little bit of society, a little bit of human nature, a little bit of competitiveness. We yeah. are all competitive in this circle. Yeah. And when you're competitive, you compare, right? You're always looking to one-up the other person. Uh, but you have to be able to block that out and immediately go in and say, hey, this guy, not only has this guy uh, caught my attention, but he's doing something that's great. So right. I want to reach out to him. Maybe I can positively affect him. But on a second sense, right? Personal development. Maybe, maybe he, maybe he's got yeah. something for me. And you got to figure out how to hit that person with a compliment and go in. He's obviously doing something you're not. That's yeah. why he's got what you don't, exactly. right? And if it's some, if they, somebody's got what you want, rather that's personal relationship. You know, you've got a marriage right now that I would love to emulate. You know, and I talk about this with my mentor and uh, and friend Caleb as well. Is, is got a great relationship. I got a guy that's he can be on his phone, speakerphone with his wife, twenty four seven because they're always on the same page. It's incredible. Yeah. And I told him this is something that I want to emulate. It's not. And you can other people hate on that. Why would they do that? Why is it just talks? You know, all sorts of other stuff like that. But it's and same thing with you and the car situations. You can either hate on that or you can appreciate. Yeah, on that. I think we talked about that. If you appreciate on that, um, you might hate still a little bit because we're competitive. Like I, I want to hate right now just a little bit because I like. All right, game on, game <laughs> on. You know, game on. But at the same time, I appreciate it because it also, if you do have that competitive spirit and you do have that with you know that yeah. fire in you, yeah. it'll yeah. drive you. It'll, yeah, it'll, absolutely. it'll drive you and inspire you. Yep. Well, 
I, you know, I heard the other day, I was like, if you're in a group of, let's say, five to ten men, and, and uh, if you don't have to introduce yourself, you're in the wrong group. So you got to figure out to be, you put yourself That's in those good. people that, 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 you know, that don't know who you are so that they, you know, people that are in higher levels. Uh, but you brought a good point, Nick, and I want to pivot to something that we haven't talked about on this podcast, and that's yeah. relationships. That's, you know, finding your, your, your second half, finding your partner. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you this, Peter. You know, we talked about, you know, young individuals coming out of high school, and obviously you're a great example of, you know, you, you I'm sure you went through some battles with your with your wife and, and, uh, you know, uh, it was, it was, you know, a journey, you know, building up to what you guys have so far. Um, what should a man look for? What should a a man, uh, you know, be in search of when it comes to finding that better half, uh, to build a future upon, uh, with what are maybe, you know, one, two or or three uh, bullet points that you could uh, share with us? Yeah. The, uh, my wife Elizabeth is is my best friend, and it didn't take but two days before when I saw her um, for the first time that that I had come up with a nickname for her amongst my buddies. <laughs> it was the Great White Buffalo because she was the the one that was a little bit out of touch. Like, there's no way you're gonna get that. You never good. see it. There's you gotta be rememberable. And I have a tattoo actually on my leg of a buffalo, a white buffalo uh, on my leg. We'll uh, take a photo and we'll of, share. Because it. I love my wife so much. Oh, it's um, beautiful. But a couple key points that I'll tell you right now is you should breathe differently when you're not around your spouse or your your wife or your husband or whatever you should you should breathe differently Uh, that's how they should affect you and the chemistry and the and the mind of your body you should physically feel differently when you're not with them Uh, the second thing I'll tell you is when you meet that somebody you need to be so intimidated by them that you can't hardly go and talk to them at least that's what it was for me right Um, not everybody struck like loves a lot of relationships are built up like that Uh, but for me I was always a, a guy who had what I call clueless confidence. I just, you know, I kind of walked around. I didn't mind saying things. I'd yell at the food line. I'm like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, what's that shirt? Well, I'm just yelling at people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but when I met Elizabeth, man, I couldn't muster up the courage to go and ask her if she was going to go out and have a drink tonight. Like, I was just so uh, scared by her. So the first time I actually said something to her, other than, like, a little communication in class. And, and let me just real quick, I'll wrap this up fast. We, my senior year of college, I had a friend set up my, my class schedule, and she had a friend set up her class schedule. We went to Texas A&M. We were there for, I was there for five years. She was there for four years. But I didn't, uh, I didn't really pay much attention to her until my senior year. And when we got into class, she had four people, uh, or she had four of the five classes she had were with me, and four of my six classes were with her. It was incredible. And... Um, I'll never forget it. Just happened first day of class. I saw her in every class. I was like, oh, my God, who is this beautiful woman? Yeah. One of our classes with digital technology. So second day, I saw her name on the board. Boom, got it, captured it. It was in my brain, never left. Uh, but I rode my bike past her like the second week. You remember, I'm a cycle. I'm riding my fixed gear. Woo, I got my fixed gear. I'm riding down campus. <laughs> and we used to do this thing called yeah. Lumberjack Thursdays. So I'm riding past her, and uh, it's her, and you know, I recognize her hair from, from the back, and I'm riding by or whatever, and she's on the sidewalk, and... And when I pulled when I pulled past her, I kind of yelled off my bike, "Lumberjack Thursdays!" and pedaled by. And she, heard her friend <laughs> and I was like, "Oh man!" And then that night when I was got out her at, attention, uh, I was out at uh, uh, the Fox and the Hound with my buddy. I remember standing there. My buddy looked at me and he said, "Man, you'll never guess who came, brother." 
And I was like, and he goes, he goes, turn around, man. And I turned around and I saw her. I was standing right in front of her star. Oh, and I looked, I kind of looked, I smiled at her. I looked down and I saw her shoes. And my first thing I said to her at this bar here, again, it, it makes you messed up when you're around your spouse like that. But I looked down and she was wearing some nice sandals that had little leather straps all the way up her ankles. And I go, the nice, Jesus nice, Jesus, nice Christ cruisers. <laughs> that was my line of choice right there. Nice Christ cruisers. Oh, ridiculous. But we were inseparable. We met in 2011, end of 2011. Endless love from that day and, forward. Um, yeah, but you know, like you said, man, it's a lot of struggle. So, you know, the person that you're... Um, you're married to and your spouse, you, you should act and feel differently when you're around that person. They should remain and be your best friend. Uh, mm -hmm. And you're going to fight. You know, life is all about a partner who's going to support you when you're down. Like I said, I was a bike guy that made no money. Elizabeth was an absolute killer. Uh, she did very well working for the Hyatt. She was a sales, uh, sales gal, sales manager. She did all kinds of huge events. She was a go-getter, man. I mean, grinding at awesome. five in the morning, working until nine o'clock at night every weekend. And I'm out racing my bike, having fun. And we stuck through it. And, um, you know, that's, that's what a partnership is about. You know, now it's, we're very blessed where the roles are a little bit reversed. She's working inside the house, doing a, a fantastic job raising our family. Uh, and I'm, I'm on the front line, you know, battling out, trying to bring, bring some, uh, family future home for us, bring some bread home yeah. for us. But, uh, you should breathe differently when you're around that person. They should remain and be your best friend, okay? You should really feel uncomfortable going after that relationship. It shouldn't be natural and something you just go for. It should be a kind of a pie-in-the-sky type of a person. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you just, you, you remain, your love grows on and on and on from that first time that you meet that person. But uh, everybody needs to stop with the quick relationships and put yeah. the work in. I mean, yeah. you want to meet somebody, you want to meet a good guy, they're, you're not going to find him at the bar. I mean, yeah. you want to meet a great yeah. guy, you're not going to find him at the club. You want to meet somebody who's who's really going to change your life and, and, and be your new muse, you need to go find them in somewhere great people are hanging out. Yes, yes, um, yes. Anthony said something about relationships and connections, but it's really difficult. Brian, you made a great comment. You want to be around people that you have to introduce yourself to. You know, if you're around a bunch of your same old friends and same old buddies, I can promise you one thing. You're not adding any relationship to your handbag. Right. If you're in a relationship or if you're in a, a, a place where you have to meet new people, you have to expand to your extremity, uh, then you will grow and you will meet new individuals. And like you said, you need to be hanging out with people who are better than you. It's yes. very difficult. Think about this, guys and gals. It's very difficult to place yourself in a situation where you're hanging out with a bunch of millionaires, right? Because yep. there's only so many millionaires. Okay, let's say we're hanging out with some millionaires. Now we want to hang out with somebody who's worth 10 or 20 million. Okay, well, guess what? They don't have much time for you. If you think your life is busy, just imagine what that person's doing. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Let's go to the next level. I would like to hang out with somebody who's worth 100 to 200 million. That's a very difficult person to find time in their yep. schedule to make for a new relationship. Right. Okay, now let's, get, let's go find us a billionaire. Okay, now just think about that. If you're going to rise to that level, then you have to put yourself in that situation socially. You're not going to do it without meeting hundreds of thousands of people throughout your life. Mm -hmm. So you can either clam up and meet the people in your safe zone, your safe zone or your world, right. or you can ex expand to your extremity, meet new individuals, put yourself in tough situations, put yourself in very uncomfortable social situations, and try new things. I don't think youth people are doing i don't think the kids are doing that anymore as much as they used yeah. to be yeah um i think they can but i think it's a lot easier to connect now via social media and via all the technology so mm -hmm. if it's a lot easier to do that um then then we're not going to go back to 
you know, riding our bike to the park as a kid, uh, you know, mom's yelling because it's getting dark outside for the kids to come home. That, you know, Last Kid in the Woods is a real thing. It's a, it's a book by Chicks Mahala, and it's a yep. real thing. Uh, but, but if you're Strong aware book. of it, then you can, you can develop practices and, and instill this in your children, which is a big responsibility for all of us, yes. is to instill that uh, kids need to go out there and expand their comfort zone and, and uh, gain confidence at a young age. And go meet people. You Just know something something that I do all the time when I'm out with my daughter, Peter. I always make sure that she waves to everybody that passes by. Yeah. Strong. I just have her become comfortable with that. Like, hey, hey, uh, mom, wave, wave, wave bye. Hey, w- wave hi. You know, like yeah. that's so good, man. That's yeah, so that's good. Huge. It's just a, it's such a small, uh, you know, act uh, of kindness, but it'll teach her to, you know, be it's comfortable fine. with, you know, just saying hi to strangers. The other thing that you want to do too is, is, and you talked about it a lot, and I think it's, it's something powerful is, and Brian, you kind of alluded this to earlier too, is if you're the big dick swinging in, in your group, if everybody knows you're the, you know, you're the guy that comes in, you're the life of the party, you're this, you're that, you're that, who you're, le- you're how are you going to level up if, if, you, if you don't have anybody there to level up? Like you said earlier, you want to go into a place where you have to introduce your people. Nobody knows your name and you have to earn their, you have to yes. earn their time. You have to earn their, their wanting to know your name. They, they're going to want to know your name or, or, and they're going to ask who you are. You don't want to just be there and everybody knows who you are. And you're, the, you're the biggest, baddest boy in, in your social network or your group, like, you know, the quarterback of the team. Man, you don't want to play that. You want to go find the next level. Yeah. You want to go seek yeah, the next absolutely. level. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so speaking about levels, I mean, obviously you've accomplished multiple levels going to mm-hmm. what Nick's is saying. Uh, Peter, uh, you know, there's a reason why you're on this podcast, man, because we bring people that are very, very uh, successful. Um and you managed to uh, accomplish a lot of things in life. So I, I want to just, you know, ask you this, you know, what's what's the biggest thing you've accomplished, you know, up to this point? Um, let's just say, let's go move it into business. We've talked about family. We talked about life. Let's talk about, you know, business. What's, you know, uh, your, your biggest accomplishment when it comes to business uh, that you've accomplished that you want to share with, with uh, our uh, uh, listeners? Becoming a, a bit of a mentor for others and being somebody who can be relied on by my team is something that I heavily value. Um, I, I really enjoy when people call me in need. I have a, I have a servant heart, and I've mm-hmm. always had that. Um, it's been wasted many, many times on, on frivolous things for, throughout my life. But in business now, if you can remain disciplined and keep focused on what your important things are and what the important things are for the people in your life, and as far as business, right, the people in your office, maybe a sales team, uh, maybe a back office manager, maybe an operations manager, I really do value giving back. It makes me feel good not to, not to brag or not to, not to say that I'm, I'm changing other people's lives. But when, when you give back to others, especially in the world of business, and you affect people positively – uh, whether that's their goals, their success, their family, just their attitude, um, it, it levels you up. So for me, Brian, it's it's seeing young people succeed. It's seeing others that I've, I'm able to develop and then see them succeed and grow into their next positions. Um, that's something that I've probably say is one of my proudest accomplishments. I don't really look at it as an accomplishment, but I look at it as a mission. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So my mentor taught me long ago that you have to have a mission statement in life. And I should have brought it out here. It's pretty good. My mission statement is to positively affect the lives of every individual around me to live my life through and by my mentors' examples um, to, to become 
the best version of myself by continuing to develop my practices and live my life in the eyes of my father and God and uh, never give up. It's something along those lines. I might have missed a word or two, but the focus of my, my grind, so to speak, is to take every individual and make them better. Um, one thing that I do in my office, Brian, you probably remember this from back in the day, is I, I, I want to know your goal as a yeah. salesperson. Yeah. And I write it down and I keep it with me and I carry it with me everywhere I go. And I often remind myself of it. And sometimes in my morning workouts, I, I write that person's goal on my board and I make a point to go in that day and sit down with that individual and say, hey, I want to talk about this. You know, you, you mentioned you wanted to get this car for your mom or you mentioned you wanted to send your yeah. family on a vacation. How far along are you? Where's the, you know, where's the progress? What are you doing today? Let's do something today. And uh, I like that, man. That's something that's very, very valuable to me is affecting others positively. Yeah. That's wow. a strong leadership skill as well. If you take it, that's a, that's a huge piece of who you are as a leader, um, which is, which is what something I've recognized about you a lot. And I, you know, so I want to kind of just ask a question if that's cool with you guys. And I know Luna has got a question for you as well, but what you just said right now is talks about, you know, leadership, like I just mentioned, and you being a leader, you're a young guy. You got all ages in your office, older, younger. I've, I've, I remember uh, we referred to a guy that was probably twice your age that you had to lead, <laughs> that you had to lead. Uh, um, so let me just ask you, give me, give me a leadership advice. Someone your age who's been given the opportunity to lead, um, and he, he's got guys that are older than more, maybe more veteran than him, uh, they've been in the business or the industry, or maybe just in sales or that type of industry altogether uh, longer than you have. What would you say to that person coming in to – Basically, you know, I don't want to say make yourself known, but just to take leadership and, and help lead them and guide them. Make I, a difference. Yeah, make a difference. That's a great question, Nick. Everybody's very different. Everybody in your office, you're going to have a bunch of different personalities. You're going to have, no matter what field you're in, you deal with a, a, an array of people. And you don't manage everybody the same. You know, a boss and a manager is far different than a leader and a mentor. So what you want to do is, Spend a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with that person, whether it be, you know, in your office or in their office or out of the office. You've got to spend some good one-on-one -on -one time person showing that person that you care. You know, nobody cares what you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. So that's one thing that you have to do. But um, the other thing you do is you give people respect. If you want to earn respect, you give yes. people respect. So if you're Strong. working with a, if you're working with, for instance, if you work in a uh, in a sales environment or in a financial environment, and you're working with a seasoned veteran who's been there. 30 years and you're 26 and you ex you're expected to manage that individual. You have to approach the relationship with that individual with a whole nother degree of respect for him and his experience rather than coming in like the new guy on the block uh, and, and being the, the caveman with a club. You have to come in with a with a degree of respect it, to earn that respect and mm -hmm. exercise your authority. You have to do it. Uh, the other thing I would tell you is as a leader, everybody's going to respect you if you lead from the line. One thing that I learned and picked up from a lot of my different mentors out there is you lead from the line, which means you don't lead from your office, you lead from the line. If you're in a sales organization, you sell. If you're in a financial organization, you lead the books and you lead and you run your own and you have clients and you do everything like that. Mm -hmm. um, you got to lead from the line. That's how you earn respect from all different levels is you show people that you're willing to get down into the trenches and dig as well and dig just as hard as they will. Yeah. Uh, be disciplined in your authority. That's another thing is if you're managing different people, managing a young person, an old person, a, an older lady, uh, a seasoned guy, a positive guy, a negative guy, uh, be extremely disciplined in your authority. You can't treat people differently. Of course, you're going to manage their relationships differently, right, right. but you have to treat everybody the same. Uh, that's another degree of respect is um, people look, 
look forward to discipline. And I know that sounds funny, but discipline makes you grow. Mm-hmm. Discipline usually brings you back to your line of your center, right? It, it, if you're off your game, discipline is going to bring you back to your, you know, your yep. line, kind of your cheese, so right. to speak, where you're operating. So if you don't have anybody exercising discipline or doing it equally, you're going to lose respect from your individuals and your peers and your coworkers and your subordinates. So exercise discipline. And you know what? They're not going to like it. Who wants to get up and work out at 430 in the morning? Right, right. I do because I enjoy discipline. Uh, but most people are going to fall into one of their traps, listen to a little bit of a bitch voice, and mm-hmm. find one excuse or a reason not to do it. And as soon as you do that in business management with your teammates, you can f- you can almost guarantee that individual is going to take you down one or one peg or two in respect. Yeah. Um, you're not going to see it, but it's going to be something that affects how they respond to your discipline in the future. Yeah. Wow, Peter, that, that is so powerful, man. I, I'm so impressed and so motivated and so inspired by your testimony, you know, just from where you started from point A to point B, uh, you know, early early stages when you just realize the connection is important, you know, getting, getting a job, getting the hourly pay and still having the discipline to deliver those high results, you know, put a smile on people's faces to where you are right now, right? You're a successful leader, uh, loved by many. You're, you're a great father, a great son, a great husband. Uh, I mean, you're, you're like the, the, the old star, right, if you will. So my question to you at this point will be, uh, what's next? What's, what's next for Peter Harway? <laughs> Strong. Well, I got a son due in November 15th yeah. or 17th. So next for me is to just be the best father for a son, which is a new, a new path for me. That's a big thing for me. Yeah. Uh, but, Anthony, I got to tell you, man, you, you're saying a lot of good things about me, and I, w- I want to recognize you for a moment, dude. You you brought a level of energy into my life when you and I worked together that I had never seen before. And I, I'm an energetic guy. You guys know me well mm-hmm. enough to know that I come with my body. I came out my mom. I came with a surplus energy. All right. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still over energized. Um, but I tell you, man, when I met Anthony Luna, man, in the office, I've never met a guy who was so positive and so energetic, no matter what. And look at what you've done. I mean, you've, you've completely bulldozed your way to being the number one uh, real estate salesperson for your individual community. Every community that you ran, you absolutely killed it. You absolutely killed it, man. And I learned so much from you being in my office uh, because you had a high level of energy that was completely natural. And no matter what, you knew that Anthony was going to bring the energy that day. And he came in that office and everybody knew when he arrived. Um, so the next thing is is to maintain and grow and develop and affect others. For me, man, I I, I got to tell you, I'm proud of you and what you've done. I'm proud of what Brian's done. Nick, Nick, I'm proud of what you've done. I mean, you recently got a promotion. You've absolutely killed it in the industry. You came in uh, from a referral from El Paso, that 915. I mean, 915? 915? Come on, baby. And you came in with some heat, and you've left a, your mark on on multiple different locations and and uh i mean the marketing team you absolutely blew them out of the water and changed the way we do things there and then you got into a sales role because you're a hungry competitive fighter and now you just got promoted to a sales manager position it's unbelievable uh brian same thing man you've i my life changed after i met brian and and the thing for me next is to continue to find people like that in my life who i can positively affect Mm -hmm. get to the next level and learn from because i learn from people like you Okay, the reason the leaders where we work are so good is because the office is packed with you guys. Okay, yep. we're not learning from ourselves. Okay, we, we, we get a lot of stuff from our leaders as well. They're fantastic individuals and mentors, but 
think how much time we spend together in the office. I mean, yeah. we're practically a yeah. family. Yeah. Yeah. So we develop a ton of our skills, our personalities, how we re- respond, how we react to the individuals that we work with, you guys. And, and the next thing for me, man, is to find more badasses who can affect me and affect my life. I'm going to be the best husband that I can be for my wife when she needs me. I'm going to be the best father I can be and emulate and try to live up to what my father did for my family um, and absolutely kick it and try to be a mentor and an example for young people and old people because if there's something that we need right now, it's examples of strong young individuals who stand up and do what's right. Mm -hmm. There's so many people Mm -hmm. who crumble to the fear-mongering that is out there right now, and I think it's personally disgusting. So what I would tell you guys to do is to stand up, be positive, do good in the world, be good, you'll feel good, and you're going to see good around you, man. (laughs) Oh, man. If there wasn't a better way to end a podcast, that was it. That's right. Hartwig legacy is what you just described right there. Fuego, papi, fuego. Do good, feel good, play good, and pay good. (laughs) It'll pay good after that. It'll play. It's it's, it's fire back. (laughs) Man, Peter, that's that's uh, it was huge. Appreciate you coming on board. Appreciate yeah, you if you sure. have to say. Thank you, guys. Um, it's not just a lifestyle that you've built. It's not just a life that you've uh, put together and developed. It's a legacy that you kind of that you're continually putting the brick the brick down and uh, and building for your for the next of kin. And the Hartwig legacy is, is Hartwig legacy is going to be huge. Well, I appreciate um, that, man. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Fire, this bro. whole thing is great. What you're doing is going to affect millions of lives, and we, it's going to help the youth get to the next level. I love it, and I appreciate your time today. Yeah, absolutely. We can't thank you enough for being our guest today, Peter. So we yeah. appreciate it. Luna, you got any final thoughts? That's it, brother. He said it all. That's all we need to <laughs> throw, some, uh, throw a little song for us at the end there. I think everybody wants to hear it. Hey, Go yeah. for it, Luna. Ready? Hit it. Hit it. Dale, dale. Dale con el estilo que esta noche yo te sigo. Dale para abajo que te mando para el carajo. Dale conmigo. Dale contigo. Esta noche tú sales conmigo. Great week, everybody. Happy Monday. Kick ass. Let's go. Woo.